Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics Podcast featuring the one and only Athletics Director, Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show, hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my left. Uh, I'm Mike Gardabasio. JJ has on his notes that I sit on his right, and I'm realizing I sat in the wrong chair today. But yeah, you're, in, you're in the driver's seat. I'm in the wrong seat. You are in the right place. This is the LB Fee Show, as JJ mentioned, produced by the562.org and Long Beach State. Uh, Andy, welcome to your show. What's going on, guys? Having the football drip off of us after this weekend. <laughs> I watched so much darn pigskin. It, it was incredible. Did you get to see some games this weekend? I did, I did, and I watched uh, the uh, Packer-Bear game talking pro football. How about that one? Good choice. You, you, yeah. watched, you watched the only game that needed to be watched on Sunday. I don't know, yeah. man. Tom Brady looked pretty incredible. But I, I'd, still, I'd still take Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I would say so, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to wait and see what the diagnosis is on his knee. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> the way he came back and played through the knee, it's yeah, almost as sure. if it doesn't even matter. Uh, the guy's at the another round. Level. Yeah. We, we had in the Steelers-Browns game a Wilson guy on the offensive line for the Browns and a poly guy, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a receiver for oh, the Joel Steelers. Oh, Joel Batonio, so, shout yeah. him out. So I watched that game, and I would just say that that was a game where I'm like, maybe I should go back to not spending that much time watching football on Sundays. And then the Sunday night game came. And I was like, maybe I'll just watch on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else going on? Any news from the, the Big West Conference? Uh, you know, we've had a, a, a lot of exciting stuff. I think, you know, first just touch on the weekend, 7-0 uh, and for the beach. Right. Uh, undefeated. So we're always excited when we can uh, notch that one on our belt. So big, uh, big shout out to all our programs. W- worth noting, not just 7-0, and but like – Big wins. The women's soccer team tying a school record with a 6-0 win. Uh, Women's volleyball team looked very good over the weekend as well. So, yes, the tip of the cap. You must be walking around seeing a lot of smiling faces this morning. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's that time of the year where everybody is focused and just dialed into what's going on, just not just academically and athletically. But um, I met with our soccer program this morning just to talk about some other things and you know they're just so focused, and uh, what a, what a great win as you mentioned. You know six nil. You know at, uh, against a team that's good. St. John's is a good team, so it's not as though they were just uh, you know the the weak sisters there. They uh, they'll they'll be very good, and I and I think we're just positioned right now this fall uh, to be very successful. So there is some Big West news. You said. Yeah, so, you know, one thing I want to kind of bring out there is uh, talk a little bit about the basketball conference tournament. So uh, 2020 is the last year contractually right now that we are set to be in the Honda Center, which is a great venue, and I think we've had a good relationship with the Honda Center. But I think as a conference, we're starting to have some discussions around who are we, what do we want our conference tournament uh, to look like, what do we want that perception to be, so uh, on the table are the concepts of, of moving it out of Anaheim, uh, possibly to Las Vegas. Ooh. You guys, Homer, you, Homer I, Simpson drool. Yeah. You <laughs> okay. guys have been there, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, Las Vegas potentially on the docket. Uh, and then also, you know, the concept of you could always go to home sites. So love that um, bringing the excitement of our campuses uh, to these these games, uh, which are obviously televised. And anytime you can show off um, an exciting product, that that's right. a big thing for recruiting. For the Big West, are you more concerned with making your tournament look like other bigger tournaments? Or is the Big West trying to create a tournament unlike anything else? 
my goal would be to find something that is different than everybody else. I always talk about how do we differentiate ourselves. Um, no knock on other conference tournaments at great venues, but many times if you just ask someone just to take a quick look at the – where is that? I, I don't know. It's somewhere really nice. <laughs> but right. I think if you could create some sort of dynamic uh, opportunity, you know, they, they had the, the preseason in basketball down at the, the Midway, down in San Diego, hosting games on the Midway. You know, is that an idea to go to some unique venue, to create your own venue? Do we – as an institution bid to host here in Long Beach and do it on the beach, construct a court on the beach with bleachers around it and lights and just, I don't, I don't know what it looks like, but I think we do need to find something that sets us apart. Well, I, yeah, just so JJ and I grew up covering the, you know, as sports writers covering the Big West tournament at the Anaheim Convention Center. And I think everyone who was in the Big West in those days was so happy to get to the Honda Center just because it felt like obviously much more of a prestige venue um, and a much better showcase for the games that were going on. I don't think there was any fans of the <laughs> doing it in the ACC, but definitely not JJ. And I. Yeah, well, I don't know. There's a little soft place in my heart um, for those really, really hard rims. Just out of <laughs> yeah, for the hardest rims in California. Um, but you know, I agree with you. It's like okay, so then you get to the Honda Center. It is a bigger stage, but I think there have also been some limitations of doing it in a really big venue like that, that I don't want to say it's cookie cutter, but I, I would I think I'd agree with what JJ said. It felt a little bit like trying to put on uh, something that the tournament isn't. And there is a way to make it really special, either by bringing it onto the home sites, which I know JJ loves. I personally love the idea of either the destination or the like unique venue, just because I think that gives you, like the biggest responses we've seen nationally when we're covering Long Beach State basketball is when people saw like the gold uniforms and everyone just goes, that's something I've never seen before. And so we go on Twitter and suddenly Long Beach State's trending nationally because there was this national look at something that was very West Coast, that was very unique. And I would love to see the Big West tournament go to something like that because then as a writer, you feel like, I would say I feel like almost like you don't have to sell it as much. It's like people are asking you questions about, oh, that's so cool. How are they doing it there? As opposed to you're sort of just trying to push the information out there, I guess. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's a huge opportunity. This, you know, March Madness is electric. People are, you know, doing their pools and their offices. Uh, and it's a great way to market our program, our conference. Um, we do amazing things. Exactly. And we need to share that. And the way that we share it is by showing that we're different. You know, anybody can just go to a nice venue. And, and the Honda Center is a great venue. They do a great job. Um, but I don't know if it's the feel that, that we want, and I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I don't speak for the other athletic directors necessarily. But I'd say that sentiment speaks for JJ and I. Well, uh, look, we wrote about this two years ago. We sat down with the brass at the Big West to talk about why they moved from the ACC to the Honda Center, and it was all the reasons you would assume, right? But if there were more fans at all of the conference tournaments that have been held in the Honda Center, we wouldn't be having this conversation because it would be looked at as a success. So it's fair to say that putting more fans in the seats for these games – would be the number one priority, right? Definitely. You know, we want it to be electric, and we also want it to drive revenue. This is an opportunity for the conference and the institutions uh, to put more in the coffers, but it also makes it feel like a championship event. Uh, again, if you have uh, 16,000 seats at the, the, the Honda Center, it's great, uh, but it's just not a feel. I, I just, you know, it could be two games, two teams, who knows? Right. Yeah. 
Well, and especially as you mentioned, I mean, you know, for the tournament, you're potentially asking people to travel down to Anaheim and then maybe their team goes out on that first day. Uh, if you go to Vegas, I don't think anyone's going to be bummed out about <laughs> going to Vegas. Now, I don't mind being in Anaheim. I'll take my kids to Disneyland right afterwards. But Vegas has become really, really popular for these West Coast tournaments because of that reason. It's like, oh, I can go to Vegas in the springtime. That sounds like a good idea. And if my team wins a conference championship, great. Okay, let's, <laughs> But if not, I probably had a great time anyway. Let's spitball here for a second, throw some things against the wall. I want the home sites. I think that's the best way to get people in the seats, save a little bit of money while also making money. It makes the end of the regular season mean a lot more if you're trying to play for the right to play in front of your own fans. And then you take the final four to Vegas. And then you play one game on Saturday, one game on Monday, or you do Friday, Sunday, whatever it works out. So people who know that their teams are going have time to plan their trips. They can go for the weekend. Still get a Even weekend. if you lose in the semifinal, you still get the weekend. And you, if, if you are going to the Final Four, at some point you played a postseason game in front of your fans. That's something the Big West has never had before. I, I think that would just be magic. Yeah, I, I think you know that line of thinking is exactly what we want. Unique outside the box, um, and how do you deliver something that, that student-athletes love, that the fans love, that the coaches love, that you know the campuses love? And I think that they're, 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 the hybrid approach that you just talked about could work, um, but we have to think differently. You know, We can't just keep doing it the same way because that's not getting us anywhere. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I can't wait to hear where that ends up going. Uh, we've had Some of our favorite memories, obviously, uh, as sports writers and as students here uh, were at those Big West tournaments. So wherever it ends up, I'm sure, it'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Well, it's also one of the biggest things people talk about in the Long Beach State circles. Well, yeah, for sure. It's like, where's football? What's, what's going on with the Big West uh, Basketball Conference, and are we going to bring men's soccer back to Long Beach State? I, I, I was just going to say, that, that I was just going to say, we did get actually a lot of reader response via email and on uh, on social media about the conversation we had last week about bringing back football. And I, what was surprising to me was it seems like your diehard fans are starting to get that football is not necessarily feasible, but they've pivoted just slightly by adding an accent over yeah. the, the vowels in the word football. They took the O's out. And they want to know where is football at Long Beach State. Uh, there's a, it, it seems like I was kind of surprised by this because when JJ and I were in college, I feel like you and I were the only people who watched soccer, soccer in Long Beach besides Mauricio and Gracia. And we were the only people <laughs> in our own office that knew that the rest of the Big West had men's soccer. And we didn't. Right. So, uh, so this was a question that we got a lot. I think a lot of people are asking about the possibility of men's soccer here. And we wanted to ask you about the feasibility of that, what that would take, and how likely that does or does not look. Well, you know, men's soccer uh, and soccer in general, as you just mentioned, is just exploding uh, in, in the youth side, uh, the collegiate side, and professionally. Uh, and then obviously the rest of the world has, has been at it for, for years and years and years. So, it's no surprise that this topic comes up to me. Uh, as I think about um, adding a sport, my concern is always at what cost. And what I mean by that is, is it a cost to your current roster of sports? Um, Title IX uh, requires that, that we stay in compliance and turn, uh, opportunities for uh, female student athletes. So would that look like having to reduce current teams off the roster to add a new sport? I don't know if I'm in favor of that. I, if there was a way well, to I, add, I know these are not, you know, back of the napkin calculations, but I, I would guess, and I'm sure you would have a good idea of, is it safe to say that if you were to add men's soccer, you would have to reduce the number of sports you have? 
Very likely. Yeah. Very likely. Outside of uh, a philanthropist coming here and, and <laughs> it's, sprinkling. There's always the oil on Signal Hill route. If someone hey. finds a new well at Signal Hill yeah. and loves soccer or football, come talk to Andy Fee. Speak it into existence, <laughs> Andy. Exactly, right? If I believe it and speak about it, it'll happen. But I do think um, the likelihood of adding men's soccer without having to cut a current sport is just unlikely. And I, it, it's... I don't like that mentality. I also, you know, I want to make sure that we don't go the, the, the mile wide, inch deep route. I always talk about adding sports. You want to add a sport that you have the opportunity to compete for championships because you're already coming in behind other programs. Not to say you can't chase them, but you're having to work twice as hard just to get to that level and surpass. There's no expansion draft in the Big West is what you're saying. Correct. You've got to start completely from scratch. Again, and – and I, I love I love soccer I love football um, and does it fit It does. However, with the restraints we have financially, uh, I just don't think it's viable right now. But who knows that that could change. All right, you see that people? You talk about it, then we talk about it. It's an interactive show here <laughs> at the LB Fee Show. You can hit us up on social media, like Mike said. All the emails are out there and available. Please share the show with your friends so that it continues to be a topic of discussion throughout the year because I'm sure we're going to be talking about, for example, the Big West Conference Tournament yet again. No doubt. Uh, this week at the beach, a lot of action, like you mentioned. The streak is going right now. It's 7-0, and so trying to keep it alive. <laughs> no pressure. Um, on Thursday, that's going to be tough because the Long Beach State women's volleyball team is hosting the UCLA Bruins. Uh, Bruins are now 4-2. and two. Long Beach State is 6-4. and four. But the Bruins started the year as a top-10 team. Now, very interestingly, they just lost their first two games of the year to Cal Poly. So by hosting UCLA, Long Beach State going to kind of see where they rank in the, uh, in the Big West because that starts next week. Right into it, and I think the match Thursday is an important one. We need our fans to come out, support the team, and, you know, hey, we've got some magic on that court. Uh, men's volleyball last uh, this past spring, uh, dominating and, and, and sweeping, I believe. I think we swept, or maybe it was 3-1. But, uh, you know, I, I think the way the team is playing, had a great weekend on the road, never easy to win on the road, cross the country uh, in Maryland, and coming back with, uh, with some really great vibes. Well, and they definitely are settling into a lineup, uh, as we talked about on the last show with Joey McKenzie, Fearbringer. That's just obviously the, the big challenge that was facing at the beginning of the season. I think they've got the right people in the right places on the court right now. In addition to uh, what will be there, we're really excited for that Thursday night uh, UCLA match at 7 p.m. in the Pyramid. Long Beach State will also be hosting the Mizuno Invitational this weekend uh, with some great matches. UC Irvine, Fresno State, LMU, Southern Utah, Lamar. So they're getting some schools in here. And we talked about this with, uh, with basketball as well, how bringing other schools on campus really helps your program. H how does that work? How does it help the program to host these tournaments in the Walter Pyramid? Uh, well, one, you know, from my chair, it drives revenue. Uh, and and that's, <laughs> right. how we, that's how we help our program. So not to, not to be uh, too simplistic about it. But it also allows us to improve our schedule and bring in and get some quality home matches. Uh, obviously, volleyball uh, here in our community is huge. So when we can bring in great teams, uh, it's great for our campus, great for the community, and the student athletes. They want to play at home in front of crowds. And you know, we encourage all our fans this weekend to come out. We'll be celebrating our past national championship programs as well. So it's going to be a fun weekend of volleyball few programs on the road we already mentioned women's soccer on friday they are at usc women's soccer 
four wins and three heartbreaking losses to ranked teams. They are playing with some of the best in the country, and they're going to do it again on Friday. And then on Monday, when they go to BYU, Mauricio Ingracia, not scared of the smoke. He will just take on anyone and everyone. No in fear. Country. No fear. No fear. I, I love it. I think if you're a mid-major, that's how you have to schedule. I'm surprised he doesn't have the national team on the schedule. Maybe next year, I right? guess. They beat UC, uh, USC two years ago. And then USC went on to win the national championship that year. So it's very clear that they're in the right place. I want a Central Florida-esque national championship banner. <laughs> I love George Allen Field I love that. it. We'll you get that the done. national champions. <laughs> uh, men's water polo had a great start to the season in their first two tournaments these last two weekends. Uh, they had three blowout wins at the Inland Empire Classic. They are at Cal this weekend. But they're not going to be with their head coach because head coach Gavin Arroyo is actually with the U.S. men's national team, a member of the coaching staff. They're in action in Berlin, Germany. I know we've talked about this before. That, that Berlin. Yeah, having, uh, <laughs> having all of those coaches on this campus being involved with Team USA, I mean, that's just that's nothing but glory for Long Beach State, right? It's huge. Uh, our coaches are phenomenal. I talk about them all the time. Gavin is is doing a phenomenal job with our program, building it up, ranked sixth in the country right now, competing uh, or sorry, assisting coaching with the national team. And, you know, youth players are going to look to that. They, they're gonna, who am I, who am I going to play for? And when you can say, well, that coach is in Berlin with the best of the best, some of the best of the best in the entire world, yeah, I'm going to want to come to Long Beach State. So we're in a great place right now. I think that's also a nice sort of hat tip to the amazing Olympic history uh, at this university, which is really up there with pretty much anyone else you could point to uh, in the country. Some of the best and most famous Olympians uh, ever in American history wore, uh, well, wore brown and gold, some of them, but black and gold, the more recent ones. Uh, we're going to have the cross-country head coach, Sean Winget, on the show in a little bit. But his team will be back in action this Saturday at the UC Riverside Invitational as they get a, a chance to look at some of the other Big West programs. And then on Monday, finally, men's golf at Colorado State Tournament called the Masters Invitational. Dot, so dot, not, dot, that, dot. not that Masters. Invitational. Uh, Joe, Joe Fryer and the boys are uh, going to be out there taking on the Rams and some other really good teams. So we'll see how they do. You're going to find all of that coverage for Long Beach State at the562.org. Each and every week, we put together a Long Beach State update. So like on Tuesday, you can just go to the website and pay, basically catch up on all the news at Long Beach State. The newsletter, the video, the podcast, the recaps, the photos, Twitter updates, and the interaction of local sports is all at the562.org right now where we are having our September membership drive. We're giving away some stickers and some cool experiences to everybody who signs up in the month of September. So please visit the562.org and smash that subscribe button. Okay, our special guest, as we mentioned, in his third year at Long Beach State as a head cross-country and track distance coach. He's been coaching since 1995, winning a Division II track and field title. Straight out of Abilene Christian, Sean Winget, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time, Coach. Did you run over here? No. I, I'm a coach now. <laughs> is that, is that, I'm sorry. Is that not a thing? No. Um, you know, coming into this season, you guys are going into your second uh, event this weekend. Just where are your expectations right now for this group? Well, we're a very young group. You know, we've got a couple seniors on the girls and on the guys' side returning and a lot of new bodies. I'm really excited to just kind of see the direction we're going. We obviously want to just keep moving forward, taking more steps. Um, like to see the Freshmen get a little more, especially on the guys' side, get used to running a five-mile as opposed to the 5K. So that takes some time to get used to. 
Um, we just really want to just keep moving and you know, really focusing on conference in you know, three more weeks. Who are your key returners? Are they are they seniors or are they those freshmen getting experience, like you said? Well, in our first meet, Trevor Stengel, you know, was a senior on the guys' side, and he was our top runner. And then he's followed by a couple freshmen, and a, and you know, Tyler Spencer was a freshman right behind him. Raymond Ornillas, freshman behind him. Um, then on the girls' side, Michaela Flores, a senior, was our top girl, and then she had a couple freshmen right behind her, and Sofia Ramos and Leslie Diaz. Okay, so are there going to be newcomers as well? Um, we have we held a couple girls out of the first meet that are returners that we're kind of excited to get them back into the mix. That'll, you know, that would have been about a forty point turn at at the last meet. So we're we're just ready to get everybody back. We're getting healthy. That's a big part of it. Um, and cross country, if what you don't do in the summer shows all fall, and that's the most frustrating thing about our profession is. If they don't work in the summer, then we spend a lot of time making up for it. And so we've got some kids that are trying to make up for lost time and it doesn't happen as quickly as we'd like. Coach, uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about recruiting. You and I, uh, I've gotten to know you a little bit at the Moore League cross-country meets that happen sort of all over uh, Long Beach, but pretty close to your office here, which I'm sure is nice for you. Absolutely. Um, I think I told you at the second meet I talked to you at, I've now officially talked to you more than any other <laughs> Long Beach State cross-country <laughs> coach at the Moore League meets. How important has recruiting local kids been to you, and what do you and the program get out of that? Do you see a boost in local support? Uh, when you have Polly and Wilson and Milliken and Los Al and Warren kids on the team as you do? Um, or is it just, you know, easier to recruit them because you don't have to drive as far? Yes, all the above, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, Long Beach is my home now, and so I want to, you know, help get as many of the local kids. Um, you know, kind of my dream, you know, when I was at TCU, I wanted to have an all-Texas team to get to the national championship. And, you know, I'd like to have an, a local group that, you know, win some conference championships and you know ideally ultimately we want to win a national championship but you know I would love to do that with local kids and you know it, it does cut down on some driving as well in the SoCal traffic so I think from our perspective it gives us as we're writing about these teams sort of an extra in because you've been to those league meets and you see I mean there JJ and I joke about it all the time like there might be after high school football the most attended high school sporting events in Long Beach I mean you get hundreds and hundreds right. of people from every school um, are you hearing more from them? I mean, does a Leslie Diaz or a Sabrina Del Bello that have got big, you know, big families that are local, do you see more support out there when you guys are, you know, training or, or actually running in meets? You know, it was actually funny. The first week of practice, um, Milliken was out there doing a workout and saw Tiana. And so they all kind of camped out in the corner and cheered for her every time <laughs> she came through. And, you know, Leslie or Sabrina, I'll see some of her high school teammates running by, but, you know, the, the families, you know, at the meets, it's great because, you know, all the families are here. And, you know, so far our meets have been fairly local. So, you know, it's, it's great to, to keep everybody coming. You guys have been kind of crawling up the Big West standings only in just two years under you. So is there a key to the success that you've had so far, something that's just been important for all the runners in the program? You know, I think it's just belief. You know, you, you talk about it from day one. We talk about it when we're recruiting them. You know, hey, we didn't. We're bringing you here because we think we can get to the top of the conference. You know, we think we can get to an NCAA championship. So you know, it starts talking to them about it day one, and then we try to talk about it every day. So it's not just a, a shock. 
So you grew up in Kansas, correct? Correct, yeah. So when you were growing up, were you playing a lot of different sports, or were you just a runner? You know, I played basketball and played football in junior high, but in high school it was cross country, then basketball, then track. Okay, and how did running kind of take the lead, no pun intended? Um, you know, the more people you beat, the more you <laughs> like it. And, you know, you know, basketball, I had to rely on other people or they had to rely on me. But, you know, when you go out and run and, you know, you beat people, it's kind of fun. So I don't think anybody chooses to be a distance runner. Distance running chooses them. It, uh, that's what we're always interested in. You're absolutely right. Like, we've talked to elite kids that have, you know, come here, gone to other Division One universities, where literally they just realized that they liked conditioning for soccer better than they liked soccer, and it just sort of, like, fell into their lap like that. <laughs> you, uh, JJ mentioned, grew up in Kansas, went to, uh, went to college, and then began your coaching career in Texas. Um, what's the difference in coming to Southern California? I imagine – you have less interruptions because of weather to your training schedule and oh, stuff, yeah. but what, what's the biggest difference coming out here? The weather's got to be the biggest. You know, we had to pre- – you know, there would be days that it didn't get below 95 in the summer. So when <laughs> I'm in college, it's like, okay, it's 1230 in the morning. That's a 10-mile day, sure. Yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm going to start my run at midnight because it's below 90, you know, and that's after working all day. And, you know, that the weather's obviously the – the biggest difference. So what's the average amount of running you guys do in a practice session? You know, on a, on a hard day, you know, we're with warming up and cooling down, you know, we'll anywhere from eight to 12, eight to 12 miles. Yeah. That's miles people. Okay. Right. Not minutes, now. miles. That's yeah. a pretty good month for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good lifetime miles, for me. I feel good about my February. <laughs> what is the best track? What's the best way to run through Long Beach? Are you going east side of Long Beach? Are you going down by the water? How, how do you guys travel around? Or would it be more useful to just run around the track? You know, the track is for track season. You know, we don't run in the track during cross country. So we try to run on different terrains. We, you know, much to the chagrin of some of the local folks, I'm sure at Hartwell Park, you know, we <laughs> Some days they get to talking and forget that there's other people, and we run them off the, the trail into the sprinkler or something like that. It but isn't a walking path. It is a bike path and a running path, so you're in the right there. Okay. Yes, but I have, but, I have yeah. seen your, I've seen your crew when I've been driving down Carson uh, many a morning yeah. for sure. So, you know, we, we try to emulate the surface that we're going to compete on. You know, most of our courses are going to be grass or, you know, dirt roads or something like that. So we try to, you know, we went to Bolsa this morning and, you know, ran mm-hmm. out there. So there's – Try to stay off the roads as much as possible. In the wetlands? Yes. That is a beautiful run. Absolutely beautiful. I wouldn't know firsthand, but I'm just I assuming. have actually <laughs> I have actually run in the wetlands, but they charge you now to go in there, which is uh, the cross it it's cross it off my list. You don't you guys <laughs> no, they, maybe they do. You guys got the you, you guys got <laughs> they, the tip of the hat. I, from the I think that guard? was a rumor that they quit. <laughs> okay, you know, all right. We, we, yes, we go across they, the street. Well they you know. su- okay, they successfully drove me away, I guess. <laughs> uh, is that well that's one of the other things. Is it nice being in Long Beach because you have a big hill, you've got the beach. You've got the wetlands. Yep. You've got, like you said, you've got really every kind of terrain. Do you guys really utilize all that? Like when I see you at the Moore League meets, obviously you get some flat stuff. They run up and down Signal Hill. Yeah. Um, how much of that do you guys sort of build into your training? We were did a workout on Signal Hill on thir- on Friday. And then, you know, Saturday we were at Hartwell Park. And this morning we were at Bolsa. So, you know, we try to utilize, you know, all the the assets and, you know, beautiful places that we have and the, the great areas to run. You went to college at Abilene Christian in Texas. Right. What's the difference between being a student athlete for you and your sport when you were and what the student athlete today is going through here at Long Beach State? 
Well, it's a lot easier and harder nowadays because <laughs> we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have email. We, you know, we had a, didn't even really have computers at that time, you know, so everything was handwritten and, you know, so it was, you could be left alone, but, you know, nowadays there's, so, you know, all the social media and there's, they're just getting bombarded in all different directions. So I think it's a lot tougher these days because you do have all these different avenues and social media and video games and, you know, all these things that, you know, we didn't have, you know, we focused on eating, sleeping, running. You know, that was... <laughs> I guess on the bright side, uh, all of the smartphones give kids a chance to listen to great podcasts like the LVP show. Absolutely. <laughs> you also went on to coach at TCU Correct. in Texas. TCU, obviously a, a pretty big school, but in the, you know, football world, not as big, right? Now, correct. Right, yeah. so... What's the biggest difference between a Long Beach State and a TCU? Can you feel the difference with the size of the athletic program, per se? Uh, it's, it's a little – because the football is kind of its own entity mm -hmm. anyway. You know, even though, you know, TCU, we had, I think, 8,500 students, something like that. So it wasn't like it was, you know, a huge university. But football was kind of its own entity. And, you know, it was fun on Saturday afternoon to go to the games. Or you bring recruits into the games. And that was fun or when game day came. But – you know, I have really hasn't felt any different. You know, obviously it's a private school versus a, a state school, so mm -hmm. that makes it that's a, a bonus in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, how so? Cost. Interesting. Yeah, when you got a private university, you know, triple what we've got here, so it's scholarships go a lot further here than they, than they yeah, do there for sure. Wow. Yeah. So one last question. We've been doing this with all the coaches. One recommendation doesn't have to be something you're reading, watching, or have seen right now, but just something that you think LB Nation needs to know about or should improve their life with. Wow, improve their life with. Yeah, usually it's like something you like you've seen recently. We did TV shows last week. Um, it could be just a book, you know, a lot of books that you've read. Any on running or sports in general. You know, the biggest thing is you know they just need to come out and support Long Beach State. <laughs> So don't stay inside. Just don't come don't to Long stay Beach inside State. and watch TV. Get out and support the local Long Beach State cross country team. So that's, his recommendation is to call five six two nine eight five four nine four nine. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. Obviously, best of luck this year. Thank you. Appreciate it. I forget who talked last. Uh -huh. I don't know. I did. Okay, Andy, welcome back on your show. Thanks for having us. Uh, great hearing from Coach Winget about uh, about his team's season, and great to see, as we mentioned with him, more Long Beach kids wearing the black and gold at Long Beach State. Uh, just awesome to see the the local recruiting picking up. We need a fee Winget foot race. We need it. <laughs> Both of you guys are good runners. I've, I've seen you out there getting it. Where do we need to take this to? It's like my one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld with Jerry yes. has the flashback to the race. Right down, uh, right down Atherton. Let's exactly. do it. Are you going to tell us <laughs> that you choose not to run? Maybe, maybe not. I can't, I can't disclose that right now. <laughs> um, all right. So before we get out of here, like we've done these last few weeks, a recommendation, something for LB Nation that maybe will improve their life. Doesn't need to be something you're doing right now, but uh, going to Long Beach State events is already taken. So you, so you can't you can't do that one. Yeah, yes. Coach Winget's recommendation of attending cross country meets. I I really respect the hustle there. 
Get out there. At least you didn't say run alongside, right? Is it like the Tour de France where you, yeah, you run right. alongside the, the, along the bike there? I don't know. Uh, Mike, do you have something for uh, for the people? Uh, my wife and I have been watching Castle Rock, which if you like Stephen King stuff or horror shows or movies, I highly recommend. It's really, really good. It's on Hulu. Uh, and uh, my wife might not ever forgive me for convincing her to watch that show with me, but it's awesome. Oh, it's scary? Yes, very scary. Oh, interesting. Well, well it is Stephen King, I guess yes. I should have assumed. Yeah. Uh, mine's the shop. LeBron James and his people, his company of people that are in so many different media outlets right now, uh, put together a show for HBO. I feel like I'm just an HBO shill on this show. I did yeah. an HBO show last week. You've but, been an HBO shill sh- since you were 17 years but old. But the shop is just exactly what we need right now. It's just honest conversation from people you respect in a forum that needs to be more regular. You know, we need to see more of the shop and be like, yeah, obviously, as opposed to, oh, my gosh, it's people telling the, their own truth right. and, and, and talking to each other in a candid way. I, it's just important, and especially in the world of sports. So check out the shop. Andy, what do you got for I people? I would go with a film for me that I watched, uh, The Death of Stalin, Ooh. Uh, which I would highly recommend. It's a little quirky film, but uh, extremely entertaining. Is that a Netflix uh, no, it's not on Netflix yet. Okay. I think so. it's at the UA. Did you see it at yeah. the UA? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. My so. wife and I have been meaning to go see it. We've heard great things about that. All right. Death of Stalin. Check it out. I know it's not, it an, it's not an exciting title, but get there nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our three are real. real. Yeah, have a great day, everybody. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, take, don't take your children to our recommendations this week. <laughs> I don't have kids? What? <laughs> um, thank you, Andy, so much for having us on, the sh- on your show uh, yet again. It's always a pleasure to come here and talk some Long Beach sports, and that's what we want to do with you. So please hit us up on social media, via email, on the websites, wherever you find your local sports, you will find us. So thank you to producer Roger for helping put this together. Everybody at the562.org, for Mike, for JJ, for you, Long Beach. We'll see you next week. Take care. Or two weeks. We'll see you in two weeks.